Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We begin hour number two, Betting Across America, presented by MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. I enjoy it every single time we get to do these shows. I know that on Sundays now, and we've got the national championship tomorrow night, we've got the Valero Texas Open still going on, we've got some NHL, we'll talk about all those things. But, you know, the NBA is going to start taking over center stage right. here in the near future. We're getting the Lakers yet again on primetime right now, taking on the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> we are. No LeBron James. I don't know if we're going to see LeBron again for the rest of this regular season, which could be the rest of their season mm-hmm. if they don't get into the play-in scenario. Right now, Lakers up 17-11, up five and a half to go here in the first quarter mm-hmm. against the Denver yeah, Nuggets. Yeah, and you wonder right now, the Lakers, by the way, one game out of the number 10 spot in that play-in scenario here. I believe the Clippers have already clinched at that point. So they're one game back at San Antonio. So it's like, are the Lakers and LeBron sitting today, obviously, against the Denver Nuggets, who, look, they're right in the mix. Denver's in the sixth spot, I believe, tied with Utah. But Utah would get the tiebreaker. So probably with four games to play, they're not going to get to Dallas because it looks like, I believe, uh, Dallas has already clinched a playoff berth, and Dallas, of course, did win in Big Milwaukee. Win. They finalized that. They are now 49-30 and 30 in the four seed. So I don't think Utah or Denver, that's a lot to make up. Three-game deficit they should four be games. In. So they're probably – Denver, probably the best they can do is a five. Right. If they finish ahead of Utah, all of a sudden it's kind of flagellating a little bit and falling down at the end of the season. So, you know, that's going to be interesting how this shakes out. But the Lakers, uh, you know, just uh, – it's like, are they trying to make it in? I know they've had injuries. I know they've had dysfunction, but uh, nevertheless, they are currently up on the Nuggets, 17 to 13, 445 left to go. This line did move. Where did it close? It closed, I believe, Denver minus six mm. in most spots. Uh, it was three before LeBron foregone or, or elected to forego playing this afternoon. Got an ankle situation again. We don't know if this is waving away flag for the Lakers going forward or not. I, you know, we were just talking with our producer, Elliot Bauman, that came out here and in between our segments here. And we were looking at the Brooklyn Nets in the East. And I kind of want to go big picture here, a little macro, before we get to the second season. That will begin next week. And, you know, we don't know what's the fate of Brooklyn or the Lakers. And, by the way, these were the odds-on favorites to come out of their respective conferences, right? The, these were the teams we just assumed beginning of the year. Ah, book it. Lakers, Nets. Yeah. yeah you can unbook that. So now, and I'm seeing Milwaukee right now is the small favorite now to repeat and come out of the East again. Brooklyn, though, is still the second betting favorite. What am I missing? What am I missing with the Brooklyn Nets and why the betting market is still respecting Brooklyn? 
Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think that they're capable, but I, I do think that there is a disconnect here because, you know, we saw Brooklyn, they lost to the, uh, to the uh, Hawks last night. Now the Hawks have passed them. Hawks four games over 500. They're now in the eighth spot. It's like, you know, maybe this Brooklyn team's just not really that great, even, even when you have Kyrie and Kevin Durant and, you know, going forward, uh, who knows when, when what we're going to get with Ben Simmons. Right. But, you know, you do have talent on that team, but it's like, you know what? They're kind of where they deserve to be. Obviously, they would be better if Kyrie would have played the full season. Yes. But still, I don't know if they're as good as Milwaukee or Miami or Boston or Philly. I think those teams have deserved to be the top four seeds this year. You, know, you mentioned Kyrie, and we know now, obviously, he can play home games now finally in New York City. But I, I do believe that if they got matched up somehow with Toronto, that might not be the case. Like, There's still some lingering effects that – you know, could could affect whether or not he can play mm-hmm. uh, going forward. You know, I just I look at it and I go, the second betting favorite to right. win the NBA championship, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, Brooklyn Nets. Well, well, here is what is would have to happen too, just to give you a summary of the standings: seven and eight right now. That's Cleveland and Atlanta. Cleveland with a two game lead on Atlanta, four games to play. You'd expect Cleveland at least is going to be in the seven eight game. And the winner of that seven eight game does get in the main draw and becomes the seven seed. And right now, that number two seed that would be waiting on them is Boston. And then you have Charlotte and Brooklyn right now, 40 and 38. The nine versus 10, the loser is out. And then the nine versus 10 winner plays the seven eight loser. Unbelievable. So. You know, that to just to like get into the playoff spot, Brooklyn still has a lot of work to do. So, look, I've been down on the Nets kind of all season, and I'm going to, I'm going to, re- I'm going to retain that, even though, you know, we know that the NBA is typically chalk, chalk, chalk in the playoffs, but I don't know necessarily this year. I think that there could be some upsets in the East because you have a couple teams not expected. I got on Boston a couple months ago, yes. at 20 to 1 to win the East, and obviously I like where I sit. Do I think they're the best <laughs> team in the East? Not necessarily, but there's certainly playing good basketball and just a game and a half back of Miami who will go to Toronto tonight, Toronto, about a five and a half point favorite, by the way, no Jimmy Butler. He is going to rest tonight. So that's the reason for that move. I'm glad you brought up Miami. Cause again, you know, we, we kind of kid a little bit about Kansas. Maybe they flew under the radar as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Now they're going to be playing mm-hmm. for the chance to cut down the nets. Miami is right now still the number one seed. They are the fifth betting favorite to just come out of the East 10 to one, to win the NBA championship, okay? Nobody is taking Miami seriously. Right, and there's still, I was uh, having a uh, Twitter conversation a yeah. couple weeks ago. Remember remember when uh, uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, Spo oh, kind of got into it, and yeah. Udonis Haslam was like, okay, you go after this coach, you and I are going to fight, and you're probably going to lose. Basically, <laughs> I think was the summation was of, of Jimmy that Butler, conversation. Yes. But And look, and I took Spo's side. I was like, you know what? You haven't won anything, Jimmy Butler. Mm. Spo has won a couple NBA titles. And, you know, and then the people, of course, will come back like, oh, but you had LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. It's like, name me a coach that's ever won with, like, crappy players, <laughs> with, point. like, mediocre players. So, you know, let Spo coach the team. He knows what he's doing. And I still think that there's a perception, like a disrespect of Spo in the market because it's like everybody kind of looked at him because there was a time like that rookie season as a head coach where he had that little deer in headlights, but that's just yes. getting used to it. Absolutely. That's just getting used to being a head coach. This guy is a really good coach and one of the better ones in the NBA, and I think he went was on that all-time 15 list that got released a couple months ago. So this guy knows what he's doing. He's not a roll-the-balls-out guy. He was kind of an early embracer, if you will, of some analytical mm-hmm. data to apply to his coaching. So 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think Miami should absolutely be taken seriously. They got guys that can make shots. They were just in the NBA Finals two years ago. I know it was the bubble, and that gets dismissed. But this is a team that can shoot the basketball and a team that can play good defense. And I think that they absolutely are getting disrespected in the market. You know, you look out west, and I look at the the Suns are obviously the favorites right now, just over $3 to win the whole thing. The second betting favorite out west is Golden State. And again, I, I, I get a it's a different feel from my Brooklyn evaluation. But again, we're just assuming that Steph Curry is going to be Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. That, that Clay Thompson is going to round back into form. Draymond Green is going to be held. And all these pieces are going to magically come back together for Golden State. I love this team. How do you not love this team? Especially if you have a, a healthy Steph Curry. I The emphasis is if. And Wes, it's a second season. It's not just you know a couple weeks and run to the finish here and the NCAA tournament six games get hot. You got to grind out a whole second season against really good teams out west. That feels a little bit to me like a nervy proposition if I'm back in the Warriors at that price tag. I actually think still Denver, and we're seeing them right now losing. Yeah. And I know that look like they're going to be the sixth seed. But if if they get healthy and Jamal Murray can be, and again the big ifs with question marks about health, are there some teams deeper in the board that you might be a little bit more? inclined to take out West? Uh, it's really going to be hard. I think the East is more wide open. Phoenix, rightfully number one. No doubt. And and look, the defending Western Conference champion, they got a seven and a half game lead over the Grizzlies, who, oh, by the way, have a six game lead over the number three team. Uh, look, and I like the Grizzlies and I respect them, but there is going to be that sense and why I think they're a little lukewarm in the market. What did I just see? 20 to one to win the NBA title. Mm-hmm. Because look, there's the, there's the sense that this team has a little bit of scar tissue that they need to get. You know, they grind it and they really busted it in the regular season, even though Jaw did miss a few games. But they don't have that playoff experience. And sometimes that's going to matter. You know, you can maybe win that first round series against like the Timberwolves or the Clippers, assuming it holds the form that that's going to be the first round series because Timberwolves, by the way, don't have a lot of playoff experience on their own. So, you know, Grizzlies though, when they get to that second meeting, when they get potentially, if the standings, let's say stayed the same, if they get the Warriors or the Nuggets, and that's why it's hard for me to get next to the Grizzlies because I want to give them the respect that they have absolutely absolutely earned in the regular season, but it's like, you know, when you get deep in a series and the pressure gets tight and you're not used to that and the Warriors have been there and the Nuggets have been there, have gone, have at least been in conference finals and the Warriors in their case, obviously NBA finals. So that's what you worry about with the Grizzlies. So that's why it's tough for me to like really go that far down the board with the Western conference. It's amazing the way this regular season of 82 games is going to play out when it's all said and done next Sunday, because I think whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. 
United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. At the beginning of the year, we assumed the West, you know, the Lakers were the favorites, right? That the West is going to be a gauntlet to get through. Now, I'm kind of with you. No disrespect to those teams we just mentioned, but Phoenix feels like the clear odds-on favorites to not just come out of the West but win the whole thing. And in the East... It's going to be just a fist fight. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee's not going anywhere, right? We don't know what to make of Philadelphia and or Brooklyn. I kind of put them in. We know Miami is at least tough, tough enough that they want to fight each other, and they'll yeah. fight you as well. Boston is tough. They play great defense. I, you know, I look at the East, and I go, that's the murderer's row, not out West. No, it's not, because I think – I think the market is kind of telling you, okay, it's going to be the sons of the Warriors, even though Dallas played in very good ball. Nice win in Milwaukee today, Luca, with another big game. Uh, and the Jazz, I think they're kind of falling a little bit mm. by the wayside. This is a team that usually in the regular season, it's like, okay, they're the hot team. They're the team that you got to notice, but they played some terrible basketball. Paul George first game back for the Clippers, and I think the Jazz got up by like 20-something, like 25 or something on them. And the Clippers and PG's first game back is usually there's an adjustment when a star comes back and they really took it to Utah in the second half and ended up winning on the road. I know you and I love it, not just from a betting perspective, but just an enjoyment perspective, the NBA playoffs. But if I could only, ha you can only have one NBA playoffs or March Madness. What do you take? Yeah, I'm still taking March Madness. That's the right answer. You know, sometimes they say there's no wrong answers. No, there is a wrong answer. That was the <laughs> correct answer from Westman. All right. When we come back, Let's dip into the NFL a little bit and some of the news and notes and how it might affect your futures market. Come on back. Betting Across America right here on VC, the Sports Betting Network. Download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM. State-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 700. J.J. Spawn right now is leading the Texas Valero Open. He double bogeyed his first hole. We saw a stat that came on that said the last person to win a tournament mm -hmm. on the PGA Tour when doubling the first hole on a Sunday some guy named Eldrick Woods yes. back in 2008. Yeah, and uh, J.J. Spawn, by the way, has never won a PGA Tour event. Uh, so this is not just big for him to obviously get that Masters invitation and play at Augusta National, I believe, for the first time in his career. Yeah, Ooh. he has never played in the Masters wow. uh, tournament down there at Augusta, but he's also never won a PGA Tour event, so not only they're playing for that, you win on the PGA Tour if it's just a standard event like the Valero Texas Open is, that is a two-year exemption. Mm. That means you don't have to – 
be in the 125 in the FedEx Cup standings at the end of the season to get to keep your card. You don't have to go back down to the Corn Ferry Tour into the finals That's and whatnot. So uh, JJ Spawn, the uh, man out of San Diego State, uh, two pro wins, but never on the PGA Tour. So uh, trying to get his first win. We'll update the live lines. Uh, JJ Spawn now minus 110. First time we've had an odds on wow. favorite this afternoon. Bo Hosler four to one. Troy Merritt five to one. My guy Dylan Fratelli at just 15 to two plus 750. He's duck hooked about three of his last mm. four drives. He's still kind of hanging in there and he's not out of it. Only two back, but this is a guy that needs to keep the ball in the fairway. Uh, currently 10 under par. Spawn the uh, outright leader by one at 12. Uh, we'll be keeping a watchful eye there as those numbers change. Uh, we do have breaking news just into betting across America here. We've been uh, mispronouncing our producer's name, Elliot Bauman. Mm-hmm. It's Bowman. 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 Like Scotty Bowman, the great yes. NHL coach yes. for the Detroit Red Wings. So, Elliot, we apologize for getting that information incorrect. I, I feel badly. And then we won't mispronounce it until tomorrow. Promise. But at least we were close. At least it wasn't, hey, you. Hey, the guy that does yeah, a great job hey, back hey, there. Hey, dude. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Because, Wes, when I look at some of the uh, key notes in news of the week, that sometimes you get they get forgotten a little bit. Well, you're not going to forget what just happened in Tampa Bay. And that's with Bruce Arians stepping aside to make way now for his former defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, to become the head coach. And I don't know that it's reflected in the numbers or it's still just Tom Brady, but they are the odds-on favorite Mm -hmm. to win the NFC. Yeah. Interesting, because the Rams went out and signed some guy named Bobby Wagner out of Seattle to a big-time deal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not, but we're going to have that discussion, I'm sure, at some point when his career is said and done. The Rams are the second betting favorite. Packers are the third. Who should be the betting favorite in the NFC with those news and notes? Bobby Wagner to the Rams, and now Bruce Arians, bye-bye, but Tom Brady is back paired with Todd Bowles. Yeah, you really didn't see a lot of movement necessarily, I think, with the Arians news, albeit Todd Bowles takes over. And I remember that they were talking about that back in January. I think we were right here when the uh, Bucks or the Rams were down playing at Tampa Bay, the three versus two in the divisional playoff round. There was all of a sudden a, uh, a report, mm. I think it leaked, I think it was the New York Post, yes. if memory serves me correctly, that said Bruce Arians may retire at the end of this year and that Todd Bowles would obviously be the logical takeover as the defensive coordinator. Uh, Todd Bowles, of course, was the head coach for the Jets for four seasons, 24 and 40 as a head coach. So, you know, this really wasn't surprising. I think it was kind of like, okay, Tom Kim's back, so that means Arians is out. So you're like, okay, is there a there there? And I don't know necessarily if there was any strained relationship as uh, Arians now moves to a what is called a consultant role mm. in the front office, but Todd Bowles will take over. But to your point, I kind of do think the Rams should still be the favorite. Uh, And by the way, this NFC, you look at it. uh, We were talking about how tough, like, the Eastern Conference was in the NBA. Man. The AFC is the wild, wild west. I mean, (laughs) you're you're like, if you're a really good team, like, if you're a solid team like the Indianapolis Colts, it's like, you may be out of the playoffs. Like, there's like 11 teams that could make the playoffs out of the AFC. You look at the NFC. Who's really there? Obviously, you have to give respect to, to the Bucks, and you have to give respect to the Rams, clearly. Green Bay, I still think, is relevant, even they though they worse. drop a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams yeah. is a huge loss for yeah. them, in my estimation. Yeah, and and Dallas, too. Dallas, obviously, still very talented. They did win their division. I don't think that there's anybody really ready to kind of step up and challenge them yet in the NFC East because you've still got some rebuilds there. I'm glad you brought up my Cowboys because I want them to fly below the radar. They've had a bad offseason. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any way you can you can phrase it any other way. 
Randy Gregory, on the way out of town, took shots at Dak Prescott. Yes. I mean, he's in Denver now, and he says, look, we all know why we lost when he was saying we. And that's because he says Super Dak Prescott was just right. below average Dak Prescott. Right now, I don't know if there's a problem there or not. But it's so funny you make the evaluation about the AFC. As an NFC guy, as a Cowboy backer who I want to get behind, I go, yeah, you guys fight it out over there. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of great teams on paper in the NFC. No. There really are not. Can the Cowboys be one of those teams that you might get a better number on than you would have this time last year? You potentially could, but keep in mind, uh, they're – I don't, I don't know. That might be the week. Actually, the NFC South's the weakest division. Oh, I think the NFC East is probably second weakest because, look, I still think Minnesota could be kind of a surprise, and that's where I think the value like is in the NFC North. I think Minnesota really could be a surprise there because I think now that Kirk Cousins does have Kevin O'Connell, granted a first-time head coach, but a former quarterback in this league, the offensive coordinator for the world champion Los Angeles Rams is not a head coach. I think finally with Cousins having like an offensive focus guy, I would expect the Vikings to be one of those teams that are kind of like on that second level that maybe could jump up into that top four. But to uh, what we were talking about at the beginning, just to cycle back, I do think the Rams should still be the favorite in the NFC. You look at what they have, and the Rams, when that Stafford trade happened, it was like, okay, they're going all in for basically, they know they got about a two- or three-year window to finally get a Super Bowl. They got it in the first year with Matthew Stafford. So now they're going to run it back, even though uh, I think the day after, there's all of these weird reports like, oh, Sean McVay is going to take the job on Monday Night Football and Aaron Donald's going to retire. And then they realize, you know what? We look at the landscape. We can run it back and realistically not only get to another Super Bowl, but win another Super Bowl. They've added in terms of uh, the receiving core. Uh, OBJ, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see what the health is going to be. He got hurt in the Super Bowl, but they added Allen Robinson. Uh, So they added not only to the offense, they got to replace Whitworth. I think it's going to be note boom. He's kind of the incumbent Mm -hmm. left tackle, but they also try to strengthen the defense. The pass rush is really what won him the game against the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But you add Bobby Wagner, you know, you have a pretty solid secondary anchored by Jalen Ramsey, who was, I think he graded out the best in terms of coverage and pro football focus. And he got had a couple times in the Super Bowl game, but you still don't want to ignore the season. So you know, adding a guy like Bobby Wagner, I still think Bobby Wagner has some good football in him, even though he's 32. Boy, uh, uh, you know, poor Seattle, though. Uh, first, you lose the loyalty of Mina Kimes, uh, Seattle Seahawks <laughs> superfan, who now works the Rams preseason delegates, but then you lose Bobby Wagner. Oh so the and Le- Russell Wilson. Yeah, the Legion of Boom is now officially over up there in Seattle. But, yeah, I do think that the Rams should be the favorite. But, uh, you know, the market reacted, obviously, with that Tom Brady news was kind of so mm-hmm. seismic into the market that they reacted, but, uh, and, and the Rams too, to be fair, are in a tougher division. San Francisco is still a good team, even though it looks like it's going to be Trey Lance running the show, Arizona, they got to learn to finish better in the seasons. There's a lot of talent there. Kyler and them are kind of not on the same page right now, but I think that they get that deal done and they get that all settled before the summer. And Drew Locke looks like he might be the starting quarterback. Again, the NFL draft coming up here this month. We'll figure out if the Seattle Seahawks go quarterback there. Uh, and what they're going to do with Jimmy G in San Francisco, that's going to be interesting. Let me just run down. You mentioned OBJ. And I know the Rams fans, they're hoping that he comes back for the quote-unquote home team discount now that he won a Super Bowl with them last year and then get him at a cheaper price. There are start, still guys out there like the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthews, Stephon Gilmore still on the market, Jarvis Landry's on the market, Kaleos Campbell's on the market. Mm-hmm. Any of those guys numbers movers for you for potentially uh, Super Bowl 
uh, aspirational I don't teams. know for like the Super Bowl or for like a conference championship. Could be small, like it within divisions sure. and whatnot, you know, give or take like 20, 30 cents here on a price. Uh, that's about the only thing that I, that I think will be a move. Like uh, we talk about the other move that was yesterday. That was Devontae Parker getting traded to the New England Patriots. New England, I think, clearly needs some talent around Mac Jones. No and they really didn't do a ton in the offseason. I'm actually a little surprised Buffalo maybe didn't try to make a play, but I don't think they wanted to trade to Buffalo because they're, I think, the incumbent number one in the division. But Buffalo could use maybe another receiver for Josh Allen. Yeah, it's interesting what Buffalo has done in this offseason, they did get Von Miller and they gave him a big old contract that I think opened up some eyebrows out there that you wonder how much good football Von Miller still has left. He, he was very good for the Rams down the stretch. But, you know, that division now with the moves Miami is making, uh, and certainly you never count out Bill Belichick, I don't know if the Jets are ready to make some sort of leap, but that division all of a sudden feels like it's going to get yeah. a little bit tighter. Yeah, I think the Jets are going to be improved. I don't think they're ready to challenge for a playoff spot. Miami looks like have they passed the Patriots in the pecking order? You never want to dismiss wow. the Patriots because of who they got on the sideline coaching them. But, man, seems like they're falling down the charts a little bit. Speaking of falling down the charts, the Lakers now losing to Denver 35-34. Could they fall all the way out of the playoff picture? We'll discuss that and much more with Jordan Renner next right here. Talk some NBA on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. That's the way Wes Reynolds likes it. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends, oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it all home. So make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Back alongside the aforementioned Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. It is a pleasure to have Jordan Brenner join the program now. You can follow him on Twitter at Jordan Brenner. Of course, does a great job with The Athletic and host of Underdogs Podcast covering the NBA right now. Jordan, we look up, we see the Lakers back in front, 40-37. to 37. No LeBron James so far hanging in there against the Nuggets. But Jordan, we gave you a break today, I believe, to talk Lakers and the rest of the NBA. You're in the middle of a, just an incredible baseball draft. How's that going? Oh, yes, it is just scintillating. We're, <laughs> we're on to hour six, I believe, with a room full of uh, elderly uh, folks and, and me. And uh, yeah, my day's going great. That's where that's where you get to this point. It seems like where Jordan is right now, where every you know every time you're waiting to make a pick, and then somebody grabbed. Damn, somebody grabbed him. Somebody took my left-handed middle reliever. Who's available? Who's still available? It's it is a long process, Jordan. But I think Lakers fans feel like this season has been a long process watching this team, and who knows whether or not they're going to be around uh, this time next week and qualify for the play-in. What do you make of what's going on with LeBron? Because Wes and I were discussing it. Yeah, they win the title, which is, of course, why you do all this in the bubble. But if they don't make the postseason, that'd be twice in the last three years with, with LeBron James. What do you make of the Lakers? It's just an, it's an ill-constructed team. Uh, it's supposed to be built around LeBron and Anthony Davis. AD is available sometimes, not other times. And the rest of the roster just doesn't complement them at all. There's just not enough talent. And it's a shame because we're witnessing things from a 
a 37-year-old that we shouldn't be witnessing from a 37-year-old. And we're, I feel like we're wasting greatness from LeBron still. Jordan staying with this game, by the way, as they show Nikola Jokic on the broadcast, 40, uh, 43-39 Lakers, seven minutes left to go in the second quarter. But go into the MVP race. I know mm-hmm. the straw poll has come out, and uh, the guy who I feel deserves it is the favorite. That would be Nikola Jokic, and minus $2 is where I'm seeing him. Uh, I think he was like plus money or about even money last week. So now we're seeing the move to Jokic. Joel Embiid still plus 220 at MGM, And then Giannis. Giannis has gotten a little bit of support. It seemed like it was a two-man race, but now Giannis has kind of made it a three-man race. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at for MVP here? I, I just think Jokic has absolutely carried this team, and I don't know how far they're going to go. I think probably the best they're going to do is a five seed coming into the Western Conference playoffs, but Nikola Jokic, uh, it seems like the guy to beat. I'm with you for a couple of reasons in terms of his being deserving. First of all, the stat I've been looking at all season is the on-off numbers with Jokic, which are insane. Mm-hmm. They're 18.8 points per 100 possessions better with Jokic on the court versus off the court. When he's on the court, they have the point differential of a 61-win team. When he's off the court, an 18-win team. That's incredible. It's insane. And while Giannis and Embiid both have really good plus-minuses too, Jokic is in a different stratosphere. And it'll be one thing if either the Bucks or 76ers were running away with the East, you know, had a 60-win season going on, and then you could say, well, they've just been a lot better than Denver. They're only two and one games respectively ahead of the Nuggets. So to me, if neither of these guys is leading the team to anything much better than what Denver is doing, Jokic is clearly more valuable in terms of what he's been producing for his team this year. And that's not a slight at Giannis and Embiid, who are both fantastic players and maybe in any other year would be deserving of an MVP, but not this year. Jordan, let's stay on Denver a little bit because I've got some futures on them and I grabbed them a couple months ago, waiting and waiting and waiting for help to come for Jokic, right? In the form yep. of Murray. Yep. And we, we keep waiting. Uh, do you, are they a dangerous team? Do you think in the second season when we get to the postseason right now, they're slated for that six spot out West? Yeah, so it's funny. We talked about this actually, this exact topic. We each, three of us on the Underdogs podcast, each took a, a team for the future. Uh, with, with, you know, better than plus 1,000 odds. And I took the Nuggets for precisely the reason you were talking about, how good they were with Jokic on the court. And then the idea that if Jamal Murray and or Michael Porter Jr. came back, just to give, just to eat up some of those bench minutes, those non-Jokic minutes, make them maybe less, something other than terrible with him off the court, mm. it could be a huge difference. Uh, I am still, I, look, I don't think either guy, and, and Porter supposedly suffered a setback. I don't think either guy is in anything what we would expect from them. But again, Jamal Murray could give him 15, 20 minutes of decent scoring off the bench. I do think they're a live uh, underdog in the West for sure. So, uh, Jordan, going back uh, really quickly to the uh, awards market, a couple of these are already baked in the cake. Tyler Hero is going to win the six-man for mm-hmm. Miami. John ja Moran is going to win the MIP. Anything else outside the MVP still interest you from this standpoint, from a betting standpoint? I know, look, all the great numbers are gone because if you want to bet these, you got to bet these early on and throughout the season. But anything still interest you maybe with the defensive player of the year, the rookie of the year, where we could possibly see somebody with a plus by his name win this award? You know, I don't, I haven't actually looked at the lines for, for, for DPOI or rookie of the year yet. I'm, 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 you know, I'm not a, I, I, I hate leaving betting up to subjectivity. Right. I like to have the ability to, um, to, to analyze what I'm seeing on the court and so forth. So, you know, I, I, I got nothing for you there. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's nobody who's just sticking out to me as, as you know, an insane value. Um, 
Besides, you don't want to be taking financial advice from me or anything anyway. <laughs> hey, Jordan, I understand that. Look, you know, let's go to the East because Wes and I were discussing it earlier in the program. You know, what am I missing on the Brooklyn Nets right now? Still the, the second favorite to come out of the East with Milwaukee uh, as the favorite to repeat. What do you make of Brooklyn? Because, you know, I, I don't know how I can get behind them. And I know now Kyrie, at least the restrictions lifted in New York City. So that that's, you know, a, a good uh, a thing to have for them going into the postseason. But I just haven't seen enough that it says, yeah, they should be one of the smaller favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference. Am I, am I wrong in that assertion? It takes a real leap of faith, right? They're making, look, Kyrie, Durant, maybe Ben Simmons, the talent is there. But these teams have been playing 82 games together. So the, the familiarity that Brooklyn needs just won't be there. And it's hard to make major changes this late in the season and you know be at your optimal self. Plus, they keep making the road harder and harder for themselves. They're sitting tied for the ninth position now. They're going to have to play potentially two play-in games just to face off against someone like the Heat or Celtics or Bucks. It's not easy. So, uh, look, the, the talent is there, but this team has a bunch of defensive weaknesses anyway. They haven't played together a lot. I don't feel comfortable in saying, oh, they're my favorite or my second favorite team to get to the the, the NBA Finals, despite the talent. So, uh, Jordan, when we're looking uh, just about four or five games, depending on the team, left in the regular season, and everybody's kind of going to look for that hot team. It's like, who's really playing well that's maybe not the top seed in, in either East or Western Conference? Who's that hot team? So who do you really like when you look at and say, you know what, they're playing some pretty good basketball, and maybe they're not getting talked about enough? Well, maybe to win a round, not necessarily to make a deep run, Toronto's been great, yeah. and they're well-coached. And they have a good culture there. So that's a team that I think will be dangerous, you know, regardless of who they play in the first round, whether it's, it looks like Philly right now, it could be Milwaukee. Uh, you know, that's just a, there's something gritty and smart. And, and they, you know, Scotty Barnes has, has developed that, that, that team scares me. Um, so I would you know, look, I would definitely keep an eye on them. And, you know, Memphis isn't a sleeper to do anything other than if they make the finals. And I think people have been discounting their finals chances for too long. This team just keeps rolling, rolling without John Morant, rolling with John Morant. And I think we all kind of, you know, the general pu- public is probably saying, yeah, I'll come back to earth at some point. Or, ah, in the cauldron of the playoffs, they're not ready to battle with Phoenix or Golden State. They're, they're for real. Like, that, that's just it's a really good team. It's, it's amazing how, how much better they've been without John Morant, which, which stunned me when I saw those numbers, Jordan. You know, I want to go back to the East here very quickly, and it's another discussion that Wes and I had and it was about the Miami Heat. And again, we all saw the dust up there with Jimmy Buckets and, you know, Spo was getting hot and Udonis Haslam was challenging his manhood a little bit there. They're the number one seed right now in the East. Is that now already bygones be bygones? Or is there some issues with this team that might manifest itself in the postseason? You know, I'm, I, it would be silly for me to speculate. I'm not in there. I'm not in their locker room. I'm not in um, their huddles. Look, Jimmy Butler, we've known he can be a bit prickly for years, but he also, he's, he's a big-time playoff performer. He plays at both ends. I, 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 there's nothing their legitimacy as a number one seed. I think they're really, I think they, they've, they're playoff tested. So I, however you rate the Heat, I wouldn't change that rating because of what we saw in that one video clip. Things happen over the course of a long NBA season. I, I wouldn't put too much stock in it. Yeah, I think it's a good evaluation. It's just you kind of have a one-off moment there. But clearly we all saw it and went, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
What's going on there? Hey, I really appreciate sure. the conversation. And it was fun as hell. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> hey, Jordan, appreciate the time and the information as always. Uh, again, you can follow him at Jordan Brenner. Great job with The Athletic and host of Underdogs Podcast. When we come back, the Lakers, by the way, speaking of the NBA, up by two. Look, this kind of last hurrah for them here as they close down the regular season. If they even want to get into this dance, they're up by four now, three minutes to go there. J.J. Spawn trying to hold on to the Valero Texas Open. He's got a one-shot lead as he plays the 14th hole there. So we'll update all those live numbers when you come back with us right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. you with a special offer on the college basketball national championship simply place a ten dollar money line wager on the game if either team hits a three you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bets outcome just use bonus code mm200 when you make your very first wager enjoy the final game like never before and find out why nothing beats a win at betmgm download the app or go to betmgm.com use bonus code mm200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if either team hits a three-pointer in the college basketball national championship game visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions, must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification. The eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in mississippi and nevada dave ross alongside west reynolds betting across america right here on Vison. we look up and jj spawn at the valero texas open has a two-shot lead now as he's coming down the stretch here playing his 15th yeah. hole to try My, to get his first minus two and a quarter now at bet mgm that's the biggest favorite price we've seen all day wow bo hosler two back he's in the bunker on the poor par 5 14th he is currently five to one troy Merritt's made a nice little move seven to one he's at 11 under matt jones playing the 18 matt jones was five off the lead to start the day he is one of those uh three tied at 11 under so trying to get a birdie here at the last 16 to hey, one close to 12 yeah yeah it could be because look jj spawn has not won a pga right. tour event and there's a reason why because when you're not in this situation very often you do get the pressure by the way the 18th is a par five so jones is in the fairway matt kuchar at 10 under he is 25 to one my guy dylan fratelli mm. 
uh needs needs to start going on a birdie run right now he is now down to 33 to 1 that was my 100 to 1 shot he is at 900 par and matt jones uh did not hit that second shot no. where he needed to on 18 uh -oh. i believe it is still dry but it's kind of rolling down this more. little yeah so i think he's gonna stay dry but he is uh, well left of the green, so uh, Matt Jones is going to try to scramble for birdie, but the man of the hour on the 15th tee is J.J. Spawn. And again, you, you made this point, and it's a salient point to make. If he wins today, he will be at Augusta National on Thursday. For the first time ever in his career. So he could get two birds and one stone. I don't know who came up with that expression, but he could win his first PGA Tour event and then play his first ever And uh, maybe add Masters a third tournament. birdie, too, because... He's going to get a two-year PGA oh. Tour exemption. Obviously, this moves him up the world rankings. It also, I believe, gets him in the PGA Championship if he's not already in and then improves that world ranking. Still probably would have to qualify for a U.S. Open or an Open Championship uh, this summer in St. Andrews. But nevertheless, when you win PGA Tour events, good things happen to you, and you get all kind of money, and you get all kind of exemptions, and you get to play against the best fields every single week. That would be quite the day for J.J. Spawn, a life changer, if he can hold on with about four holes to play at least in regulation we know that augusta is going to tee up and they're going to tee it off in earnest on thursday that's also the day that major league baseball begins their season and, and you and i both adore baseball love we love baseball but it's like could we maybe have started a couple oh. weeks later? Like, I wasn't one of these people like, oh, my God, if they don't start the first week of <laughs> April, oh, it's horrible. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind if they would have started May 1st, okay? You do 150 games. That's okay with me as long as we're getting a full season. You and, you know, you've at least worked this, you know, labor strife and labor and management disagreement out. But I kind of wish because now I think about everything as a better and I think about it all selfishly. I'm like, I don't want all this stuff on top of each other. Give me a little bit of rest. We Need just got separation. through a college basketball season. I've got the Masters that, you know, that's pretty much what you and I are going to be dialed in oh, and zeroed man. in on all week and all weekend long. And then, you know, we're going to get NBA and NHL playoffs start here within the next week or two. So it's like you could have waited a little bit. But nevertheless, we do have baseball and we do have numbers on the board. What did the offspring say? You got to keep them separated. Yes. Okay, let's get to the American League. And I saw this tweet from John Heyman today, Blue Verified Checkmark on Twitter. And he said the Oakland A's had the highest payroll in baseball in 1991. It was $33 million that year. It's the very same number it is today for the yeah. Oakland A's. Their win total is 69.5 here at BetMGM. How in the yeah, wild, wild world of sports is, could you play the over? This is absolutely a closeout. This is like a clearance sale, you know, <laughs> uh, when you get a store here. It's like everything must go, you know, and you're discounting things like 50 and 60%. Nobody in terms of like if you look at offseason true talent – Nobody has lost more than the Oakland A's, and they have been an absolute seller. So that's why you're seeing it, because we're so used to the A's always, if they don't make the playoffs, right. being in contention and, you know, very well managed over the years by Bob Melvin, and they've been the absolute seller. Meanwhile, you know, the Astros still the favorite out there in the West, even though I think that they lose a little bit, clearly mm -hmm. now with uh, Correa. Uh, as a member of the Minnesota Twins, the Angels, they always have the expectations and do they ever quite live up to them? They always get a big free agent. It was Rendon last year. Mm -hmm. This year it was Thor, Noah Syndergaard. But you look after like Syndergaard and Otani and maybe uh, – uh, uh, Sandoval can kind of be the guy that steps up, but that bottom of the rotation oh gives you concern. Mariners have more talent. Everybody added, loves the M's. They've added Suarez. They've added Jesse Winker. The Texas Rangers added some talent in the offseason. So, yeah, I think there's a reason why you're seeing the Oakland A's in this cellar. I don't know. I mean, I'm probably not going to bet it under, but 
I couldn't bet it over at well, all. Well, you know, we had Mike Perano on yesterday, sportsbook director over at Mandalay Bay, and he said they're getting all kinds of tickets on the Mariners. That's the play right now. That's the, the buzz play. team right now because I think that there seems to be at least perceived a vulnerability in the Astros because we know Correa is gone. We know Justin Verlander is not going to be ready to go. And even if he was, this is a Justin Verlander. It's not exactly getting no. any younger. So there's the sense that the Astros kind of by default are the favorites because they've been the clear best team in the division over the years and won a world championship. But there's the sense that they are vulnerable. But are the Angels or the Mariners good enough to overtake them? I don't think the Rangers are, even though I think they're going to be a little bit improved just on the basis of more talent. You know, you said something there, Wes, where you said, you know, I don't like to, to play the unders. I don't think America likes to play unders. I know I don't. Yeah. I always kid that life is too short to bet unders. But there is value there, right? You can find some of it. Uh, what are you seeing as we just look again macro for the American League? Because – I look at the Yankees at 91 and a half, and I've seen some of our experts here in the network differ on their evaluation of the Yankees at 91 and a half here. To me, it feels like an overplay with, with the talent that they have. And again, if they get the LeMay use of the world to kind of bounce back to being the guys we're used to. Mm -hmm. That East, I know it's a gauntlet. And so some under players are going to say, yeah, because we know the Rays are always good. The Blue Jays are the team that everybody suspects is going to be good. And then there's still the Red Sox there. Yeah, the yeah. Orioles, sorry, Baltimore, you're going to be terrible. Is there any value in any of those numbers you see in the AL East? Well, and I think the Blue Jays are the rightful favorite because uh, one reason, it seems obvious, but we kind of ignore it, they get to play all their home games in Toronto. They don't have to play in Dunedin, Florida. They don't have to play in Buffalo. And they get to play all their games up there. So I think just having that home field, you yeah. know, I think is going to help them and help them with the travel. Now, they did just get Matt Chapman. Speaking of the A's, that's another piece that the A's sold off. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple of years ago, Matt Chapman hit 36 home runs. He was a top 10 MVP vote getter, but he has fallen off. Now, when you go to Toronto, is the change of scenery going to be good for him? And they're stacked with hitters anyway with uh, Vlad Jr. and BGO Man. and Bichette and, and all these guys. So they're going to be able to match whether that rotation is going to hold up. That's going to be the main question. But I think all of these teams in the AL East do have questions. The question for the Rays is, do they have enough pitching? And it seems weird because they're the guys that blow through all these pitchers with these openers and whatnot. But it's, it is kind of unproven, the rotation. They're counting a lot on Kluber. And you've got Shane Baz. You know, he is unproven. Shane McClanahan, Ryan Yarbrough. They always seem to find a way to, like, commingle the pieces together. But we'll see if they are able to do that with pitching. And, uh, you know, Wander Franco... Can he Man. be the MVP candidate for this, guys? But uh, I do want to go to the Yankees here before we end the segment. Sure. Can they withstand a slow start? Because they are kind of the team. It's like, yeah, they're the Yankees. They get hot with the weather. Yeah. So that's what you're, you're kind of looking at, I think, with this team. And also, can the offense stay healthy? You look at the lineup. They're as good as anybody when you've got, you know, yes. LeMahieu in that utility role. But when you look at the injury report, they've had a lot of guys hurt. Judge, Stanton, Aaron Hicks, Josh Donaldson. So how many games are going to be able to play? And I think one thing that they're going to regret they did trade Luke Voigt. Mm -hmm. And Luke Voigt is one of those guys that can fill in multiple positions when you got a couple of these hitters out and help carry you. So that's my concern for the pinstripes. Uh, very quickly, let's just look at the Central, kind of put a bow on the American League here. It, it feels like the Twins getting Correa, and I know that's the big buzz. But, boy, you look at the win totals in this division, it shows you that it might not be very competitive. And I know out west we all look at Houston uh, as, as the clear favorite there. Any any concern for the Sox laying two bucks 
to, to close that there on the south side of well, Chicago. Well, outside of Rodone, who's now a member of San Francisco Giants, you are concerned with some of these pitchers with Lynn and Giolito, who are obviously very good, but they had career years they last did. year. And sometimes when you backed up teams that have a, a career year or pitchers that have a career year or relied on those pitchers that had career years, there's at least a little bit of a drop-off. I still think the talent, there's clearly still a gap there. Tigers are going to be a little improved, but I think it's 78.5. That total's priced in by now. I know they don't like Tony La Russa in Chicago. Still a damn good manager. I think he still knows what he's doing as a skipper in a major league clubhouse. All right, when we come back uh, to begin hour number three, I do want to discuss a little bit of the National League and talk about my Metropolitans. Is it already over before it begins? We'll discuss when you come back with us on these and these sports betting now. The rules are just. The rules are just. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 